Let's face it, folks. Quarterbacks rule the world. Helmets off is on. All right, welcome to another episode of Helmets Off. Scott Mitchell here, and we're uh, doing that favorite thing you like to hear and I like to talk about, and that's observations from the pocket of what happened over the weekend in football. And, of course, most of the time it does revolve around quarterbacks. And I, I just found some fascinating things happen this weekend, not only in college football, but in professional football as well. I want to start in college, though. Let me just give you all a heads up, and I, I'm kind of baffled by this one, but Jacob Eason for Washington, the dude looks legit. I mean, he's got he's got the arm strength, uh, he's got the mobility. You can tell he has the moxie, and he's also got his teammates. Like they they believe in him. They believe this guy uh, can win. And of course, he's being coached by Chris Peterson, and so he, he's just. As the season unwinds, he may be in the absolute perfect place. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a top five pick by the end of by the end of the year. He looked really good, really good on Saturday, and um, I was even more impressed than I I thought I was going to be. Here's a crazy one for you: How in the world does the tenth ranked team in the country lose to a third string quarterback who just gets put into a game? It's not like he has time to practice. Or he has time to, you know, get ready for the game. He's the third-string quarterback. There's no way in the world, no way in the world you should lose to a third-string quarterback unless you're playing USC. So Matt Fink, who came in the game early when um, uh, Keaton Slovis was knocked out of the game, everyone, you know, you're like, oh, game's over. Like, the game's over. Well, Matt Fink had put himself in the transfer portal and said, forget this, because he lost the backup job because he was in a fight for it. And, of course, JT Daniels gets hurt at the beginning of the year. He's in the portal, and he decides, well, maybe I should come back. So he comes back out of the portal. doesn't look like he's going to be playing. And lo and behold, here he comes. And he's lights out, throws for 374 yards, and really uh, has some amazing throws against – uh, a Utah defense that was supposed to be pretty good, including the secondary was supposed to be pretty good. And he played lights out. The thing about USC, whether they're up, they're down, they're sideways, they're in between, whatever it is, they always have athletes. The third string quarterback at USC is not the third string quarterback. Coach Clay Helton actually said any one of these guys could start at any D1 school in the country. He goes, that's what we have here. And it's true, which which bodes to this point that I've said over and over, how is it that USC keeps fumbling over itself? Really, how do you lose to BYU and Provo? How do you just, I, I don't get it. I never get it. And it always seems like it takes them four or five games into the season every year before they figure it out. And they figure out how amazingly talented they actually are. Uh, it's mind blowing, mind blowing to me that what happens at USC every single year. Um, how in the world does a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who I like and who everyone really likes, how does this guy throw five interceptions and seven touchdowns in a year? And and how a year ago he was amazing. And you just you have to wonder 
how much reading your your press clippings and how much feeling like everyone's anointed you the king impacts your performance. I find this fascinating to see this happen all the time. How players and how teams, um, they buy into, I've arrived. And I'll just tell you this. When you've arrived, someone's going to run you over. I'll just They're, they're just going to run you over on their way to the next stop. You never arrive. Never, ever arrive. If you listen to Tom Brady, he's like, yeah, we had a good game, but there's a lot we can improve on. And no one's ever, ever satisfied with, I've arrived. It is the kiss of death. It's a hard thing in human nature to kind of go against because it's it's kind of against our intuition. In sports, you you just never arrive, and that seems weird, uh, but that's that's a sure sign that uh, you're about to be over with or run over when you've arrived. Well, we've arrived. We're going to take a little break here to make sure we don't get run over. Uh, We come back, some observations about uh, maybe a college football coach's, speaking of quarterbacks, maybe his uh, days are numbered. And a few NFL guys that aren't too bad either. Okay, welcome back. Helmets off. Scott Mitchell. Observations from the pocket on a Monday. What happened in uh, college football? What happened in the NFL? And really, with the only position that matters, and that's quarterback. I know, I know. Don't get all caught up in whatever, but the truth hurts, so deal with it. And quarterbacks make the world go around. just does. Speaking of making the world go around, uh, there's some some teams that I think – I think are kind of making an early season splash that I don't think anyone gave them any kind of chance. The Buffalo Bills are three and zero. They're three and zero, and everyone's like this whole Josh Allen thing. It's like, oh, you know, is he gonna? Is he not gonna? The Bills already had a really good defense, and they just needed their quarterback to just play a little bit better than good. De- you know who the Bills remind me of? They remind me of last year's Chicago Bears. It's just, I don't know, there's just something about them that uh, they're kind of playing good. Uh, Jacob Brissett, another quarterback that's unheralded, he's been playing awesome. And the Colts are another one of these teams, I think, with the retirement of Andrew Luck. um, They're playing pretty decent. And when you have a coach, I know I've said this a million times, but it's so true. I promise you it's true, people. I don't make this stuff up. I've lived this stuff. I watch this stuff. When you have a coach that really understands how to develop a quarterback and how and understands what they go through, you you have you 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 have a good quarterback. And you and I can give you countless lists of teams that understand how to develop quarterbacks. Andy Reid, um Doug Peterson, Sean Payton, Sean McVay, you know, some of these minds they really get how how to work with quarterbacks. And you can see that it it plays through. And they're a team. They're a team that's kind of 
you know, got it together. Here's another one, the Vikings. I don't think anyone gave the Vikings any kind of chance this year. And I'll give you another one, the Detroit Lions. <laughs> These are some teams that early on, and I know it's still really early because it's like three, three games into the season, but I always find it fascinating. It's usually the teams that no one counts on that end up playing quite well. I mean, if you look at the Pac-12, who thought Cal would be 3-0 and at this time? And they're pretty good. They went and beat an SEC team in in, uh, in on the road. And uh, uh, you you just look at a lot of these teams where no one gives them a chance, and there they are. All right, speaking of giving chances, Jim Harbaugh is, I mean, you talk about being anointed the king. He goes home to his alma mater, Michigan. M- Michigan, who is a storied program. I mean, it, it really is. There, You know, it's it's – it's college football in the fall. If you ever go to Michigan in the fall, I don't know that there's a better place to kind of have that traditional fall afternoon football on a Saturday than Michigan. And, and I mean the state of Michigan, but even more specifically, Michigan. With over 100,000, the maize and blue, and they have these iconic – helmets that you know they're just like no no other in the country and and it's they're just so recognizable and here was this guy and, and, and harbaugh was you know whoa i mean the guy wears cleats on the sideline and he's way way underachieved at at michigan and they got throttled they got throttled at wisconsin and and watching jim harbaugh in his press conference and not really having any answers and he didn't have any answers for Ohio State. And quite frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if if he's got to beat Ohio State this year even just to keep his job, which I hate to talk about that stuff, but it's true. It's just kind of how football is. But here are a couple of quarterbacks that I think – I mean, let me give you another one. The 49ers. I think that was a big surprise to people. All right, I'm going to talk about some bad – some bad Baker Mayfield and this guy has just there is more hype more flash more this more that whatever but this guy could not stand in the pocket and make a throw if his life depended on it his thing is just kind of scramble and and uh you know improvise and teams will figure that out and when they figure out you will not stay in the court in in the pocket you know what they'll do they won't rush you They'll force you to stay in the pocket. A lot of these scrambling quarterbacks that like to run, that's what they do. They don't over-pursue in their pass rush. And and uh, there's a term where they go, they, they just go to the level of the quarterback. Because if you go past him, you create lanes. But if you just go to his level and make him sit in there, and it's hard to do because defense, they want to kill quarterbacks. So they're just like, you know, just ferociously trying to, you know, cut that edge and get around the offensive tackle. But when they find a guy who cannot sit in the pocket and throw and he's more comfortable and a whole lot more dangerous out out on the perimeter, they won't rush him. And they'll eventually figure out and they'll say, okay, we're going to force you to actually throw the ball and beat us. And until you can do that, we're not changing anything. And that that's what happens. And that's why these running quarterbacks – are, are kind of a challenge uh, uh, to have on your team because 
because you can defend them eventually. Now, the guys that figure out how to throw, those are the scary guys. The guys like, well, like Lamar Jackson, who basically was a run guy. But, man, he's kind of doing it all. And then, of course, Patrick Mahomes. And and he, another guy is even Russell Wilson. I mean, Russell Wilson is – and they'll stay in the pocket. And when they leave the pocket, they're they're scary. But they can stay in the pocket and make throws. And that separates – Good players from bad. So you have Daniel Jones, right? And he he gets a win his first time out for the New York Giants and really shows a tremendous amount of of poise and composure. But people are going to say they're going to force him to stay in the pocket and they're going to force him to throw because right now he's thinking way too much. He's holding the ball way too long. And But you know what? He made things happen. And that's that's the and wh- and when it's early on, you do that. But eventually, you're going to have to stay in the pocket. When I say observations from the pocket, where I'm, t- this is what this is all about. You're going to have to sit in there and make a throw. And there are just some guys that that are kind of having a hard time with it, and uh, some guys aren't because uh, uh, Jared Goff, some of these big time Tom Brady. Patrick Mahomes, these guys that are playing at a high level right now, they figured out that uh, you gotta if you're gonna make it happen, you gotta make it happen in the pocket as well. All right, uh, Helmets Off is now off. We are powered by KSL Sports. Find us on Facebook at the Helmets Off Podcast, Twitter at the Helmets Off Show, and until and until then, we'll catch you soon.